4: Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the playmakers.
0: It's Tuesday. Do you know where your CFP ranking is? Doesn't no. really matter.
5: No, it right doesn't. Now,
0: does it? Hold on.
5: I hear if you rub the mood ring for like two minutes, it'll change. <laughs>
0: right. You get yourself one of those eight balls and yep. shake it up.
5: Exactly. Ask again.
0: Paul Ihander here, Lindsey Brown there, as we work our way through hour number two of the show. Do want to remind you, we do have college hoops tonight, as Santa Clara and Nevada will go at it. 5.30 pregame, 6 p.m. First uh, tip-off Santa there. Santa Clara! Live in Santa Clara.
5: It's the school that, uh, Bennett Lake Beckham, that's where they were looking to go, was Santa Clara. Was it? Yep.
0: I forgot about that little nugget.
5: I didn't. <laughs> I love that
0: movie. I did, apparently. Uh... Quick news for you following up as uh, we did a little baseball to end the last hour. Uh, Gabe Kapler won the top manager of the year for San Francisco. It was Kevin Cash of the Tampa Rays named manager of the year of the American League, the second back-to-back manager of the year winner in Major League Baseball history.
5: Sorry, Dusty, baby.
0: No, Dusty did not get it. And amazingly enough, it, you know Atlanta's manager did not get this award. What an odd, I don't know. You know, your top manager. There's a lot of
5: illegitimization of their championship for some reason. I, mean, I,
0: don't I know yeah, why. I mean, I get it. 107 wins, it's, you know, but.
5: what? How many wins did your team have last year?
0: 106.
5: In the shortened season?
0: Oh, the season before, I can not remember yeah. how many it was. That's 48, it's just, 49. It's, it's
5: weird how we try to explain away other people's successes. Like, why? Like, why do you have to discount it? They won. Whether it was, other than when they cheat.
0: Other than when they cheat. Yeah. No, just an interesting play. I thought it wasn't trying to discount. It's like, hey, you won. No, I'm just saying, people
5: in general. I've just heard a lot of ill conversations around that team. Just like, oh, they're not that good. What do you mean they're not that good? They won. Doesn't make any sense.
0: CFP rankings are coming out uh, here in the next few minutes. If there's any big changes, we'll let you know. If there's not, we might let you know. Uh, Nate Lundy's going to join us coming up at 425-ish uh, to talk some odds and ends and uh, upcoming Week 11 things. Also, we do want to congratulate Jeff of Henderson. Jeff! For scoring the pair of tickets My to the Jeff. Empire Classic.
5: Congrats, Jeff. J- J- Lindsay
0: loves your name, Jeff.
5: Je- My name's Jeff. Not really, though. Not my given name, at least.
0: So he scores a pair of tickets to go see Gonzaga U C L A at T Mobile on November the twenty-third, which That's is a
5: packed building already, so it there's is. only so many tickets available yeah. and we have a good amount of them, but Jeff has two of them.
0: Right. All week we're gonna hand out tickets.
5: Victory screech, Jeff, say it with me. Ah
0: <laughs> If you're still listening, Jeff.
5: <laughs> I use haven't used that code for it. you haven't
0: driven into the side of a center median on the two fifteen. I just
5: love the joke where you like build something up and then you go as half as far as you intended to. Like I was you you crouch down for a really big jump, Paul, you're like, I'm gonna jump the highest I've ever jumped in my entire life. And then you just like barely and then, hop. And then it, just, it didn't, just looks funny.
0: It just didn't go anywhere.
5: Or you you dance really fast to, to a song that's slow. It's hello by Adele, and all of a sudden you break dance It doesn't really make sense, but you know what? It doesn't matter because you're in your own world.
0: Hello? What?
5: Construct your own reality. Hello. Yep.
0: Hello. not? Where's that? No, it's Adele um uh, time for football for
5: all oh, the footiest of footballs are we who we thought we were we are unsure because we didn't really know what that was in the first place uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously
0: though richard sherman apparently the nfl does not want you to play here at least the football gods do not want you to play at all uh it has been determined that he suffered a grade 2 calf strain he had an MRI, what, so apparently ago? he's going to be out a few more weeks. He, okay. just, Hamstr- got, yeah, his hamstring. Hamstring. he just got back.
5: All well, those calf strings are attached to the hamstrings. That's the problem. Yeah,
0: he just got back.
5: Overcompensation, not uh, able to recover at the same rate you were when you were younger.
0: Yeah, he's played
5: a less lot less
0: of- than a full game since returning to Tampa Bay.
5: Yeah, you joined that team, what, week four, week five-ish?
0: yeah we're week eleven. they're he's still, played, they're he's still, still managing th- he's played maybe three quarters
5: that's the thing it's you're never one player you're never truly one player away, and it's never gonna be solved, but in terms of just on his account as an individual, this sucks because I don't think he envisioned this quick of a decline, but then again, who among us does? Right, sure, and for him to start halfway through the year too, it's just a tough ass. There's
0: only so many roster spots. I mean, very clearly, you know, you're talking fifteen hundred, and then you know another three hundred on practice squads. There's only so many to go around, you know, and for you know Richard Sherman out a couple more weeks, he, you know, hopefully he can get healthy and. You, know, you just want a him healthy
5: for the Ploffs anyways, right? Do you think that's the plan that they're on At this for the point, most I, think part?
0: They, I think they really do need to shelve him. But then if you're playing well without him, what well, makes you not constitute... Not well this week either. No, no, not at all. Not against Washington. But what makes you need to bring him back if they do get on a run here without him and the defense improves, which it probably won't, let's be honest. Well, they just but... had so
5: many injuries to start the year. That they just needed a body that could like learn a system relatively quickly.
0: Same kind of deal happening with the Baltimore Ravens, who at the start of the season had zero healthy running backs and then all of a sudden went to the waiver wire and made some trades and then found itself with like a plethora Mm -hmm. of running backs, which includes Taysom Williams and Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray, who's been out for a bit. Um, It's the end of the road for Le'Veon Bell.
5: I think he's done.
0: Who was cut. He played in week four when they brought him on to the practice squad, and then they immediately rushed him in the lineup because they were still dealing with injuries. Right, and then he's been on. He was with with the team for five games, and that's about it. Didn't get a lot of work. Um,
5: I never want to caution anybody away from betting on themselves because ultimately, you, if there's anybody to take a chance on, there's no better person than you. But you have to be able to back it up, and so therefore, you need to put yourself in the position to make good decisions to do that. And when he tested the Steelers a few years ago and sat out and then signed in New York, and all of a sudden, things changed. And now he was in Kansas City, burned that bridge to the ground. Yeah, that was a torching. And then you go to the Ravens, and this this is what happens. And it's not anything that he did. I think you just kind of get worked out because you're not the best person in this room, you're not the second best person, you're not the third best or some other reason. This is like his fourth chance of being that depth replacement talent, black ace type guy. I don't... Unless it's like the Adrian Peterson deal going forward in other scenes, not this. He might be done.
0: He wasn't... Bad. He, but he's not good. He doesn't. He, he doesn't getting, put anything
5: out there that makes you say, you know what? We know who we need on this roster. Le'Veon there's, Bell. Right, there's
0: no head turning. And so That's why clear. would we have
5: him on the roster? There's
0: no head turning, but it doesn't explain why a guy like Todd Gurley is still out. He must be. Gurley is in that same kind of mold. Roughly the same age. Gurley's twenty seven. Bell's twenty nine.
5: Yeah, Gurley, but Gurley, Gurley is a dozen eggs that we probably think at least six of them are broken.
0: There's something else go Yeah, there's. There has to be something else going on with him because he hasn't been able to land a gig. He wasn't yeah. able to land a gig. You know, but he played. 15 games for Atlanta in 2020, and then hasn't been able to catch on with anybody. And whether there's a headspace issue, or he's still dealing with a nagging injury that he's just not comfortable with,
5: or it's just degenerative, you just don't have the same amount of push that you used to. Because
0: I looked him up, I'm like, he has not retired, he is a free agent. He just, you know, he, I don't know, I don't know, as we, you know. We see a bell leave and Gurley obviously got Are you making the assumption that he shot? didn't
5: go in for any workouts at all because we know that that happened? No, right? no, he did go in for so workouts. So if, if, if all this has happened and he's still where he is, what does that say? He doesn't have it anymore. Maybe
0: he's, maybe he's just, yeah, he's done. But Adrian Peterson, who keeps fighting back and fighting back and fighting well, back. Yeah, and-,
5: and clearly had something. Like, Gurley's a different back than Adrian. Pe- Adrian Peterson's a battering ram, for better or for worse. Uh, he's going to be able to to milk that a lot longer than Todd Gurley can, who's a scat back who needs bursts of speed that hasn't seen that or has been able to command that from his knees in probably at least three seasons.
0: Yeah, Gurley's got that ACL, too. That's, I semi- mean,. You know. a-
5: it's tragic, but this, there's a reason why the that average li- average life in the NFL is three seasons. No,
0: you look at and it. It is it, it, a shame because there's talent, lots of talent, and just you know the body can only do so much. I feel it every morning when I get up too. It there's, burns quick. There's a little bit, yeah. The candle, especially
5: when you're pushing it,
0: burn pretty hard.
5: Mm-hmm. That's, that's you're burning the candle clear. at both ends, and you're wondering why you ran out of wax early. Seems like a a candle maker problem and a so fire problem.
0: Bell is done. Uh, some praise for Mac Jones, who I've been reading up uh, quite a bit about in the last couple of days. Obviously, because the Patriots,
5: they just needed the dirty play to show put- show the fan base that he is one of yours, and all of a sudden, all this positivity rains <laughs> right Boston, down. It right? is a fact, Paul, because right? he followed it up with a win, and that's all that matters.
0: They did follow with a win. They 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 came out and
5: and I've heard s- multiple people on the talking sports networks with s- tons of positive things to say about the Pats and. What they're shaping up to be late in the season, Tom, he's better than Tom Brady was when he when Tom Brady was his age. Well, obviously,
0: yeah, you it, know, the, the very very like, challenging. Very challenging. we chal- know exactly right. like, this is when Patrick and SpongeBob knew
5: what they were doing on the fish hooks. So you just have to remember when to jump down, right? You know,
0: it's a very that's a very challenging comparison. Mac Jones at this point, but when you line him up against other quarterbacks, this 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 year's a tough it's tough for Mac Jones to to look at himself and go, how am I doing against a Zach Wilson or a Trevor Lawrence? Because there is very little success when it comes to those two gentlemen. There's There's been nothing. I don't nothing, think he thinks about them at there's all been when he nothing looks in the mirror. I bet
5: you he just lo- thinks about Mac Jones. Right, but when you but if,
0: from from the seat that I sit in, I think He's it's in. very difficult to compare him to the other rookie quarterbacks yes. in this league right now because they're just there just isn't that amount of success and there really isn't. Uh, this great amount of film, like Lawrence hasn't, no, hasn't wowed anybody. He clearly has it. Justin Fields has a very small body of work. The Mac same Jones with has the potential
5: to be an outlier. That's what this is because we we for so many years we were saying young quarterbacks have to succeed, have to show success early, and some do and some don't. Some get the opportunity and and are able to make good on it, and some of them wither uh, underneath that pressure. And Mac Jones certainly had a lot more weight on top of his. Uh, plate to start with but he hasn't depressed he's gotten better as anyone would in a good system in a good culture where I'm getting the reps I'm getting the opportunities and and reinforcement and stuff like this it's not this earth shattering thing for someone to improve at this level because he is a first year quarterback
0: if you put and both are products of Alabama if you put Tua in the Patriots system would he have the same amount of success?
5: No, I don't think so. I don't think two is as good of a quarterback. But that's only based off of what I've seen. What's happened in practice, what's happened in camp, what's happened in just like all of the other moments that these coaches have access to. Because I don't think two has been given a fair shake. At Bama or at Miami?
0: All right, but now that he's in Miami, you taught You just said system, and Mac Jones is in a system yeah. that is allowing him to succeed. Yep, I'm just saying both came out of an Alabama. Pro- they were products of Alabama,
5: right? Yeah, but what I'm saying is Tua can succeed in a system, but it might not be the Pats one. I'm, I'm just, I don't think it's the right one in Miami either. You know what that one's based off of? Pats one. I th- that guy. They were looking for for every no, single no answer, other option just- for him. That's I, I, I Mac. Has been chosen since before camp. We let go of Cam, who is now be- getting paid ten million dollars halfway through the year. That's how much we believe in you. Of course, he's going to succeed. They're telling him how great he is all the time, and he's backing it up. So good for him.
0: Yeah, it helps him a ton. Yeah, they've started comparing him to Herbert's season of last year in terms of stepping up and having that kind of having that kind of success when you were the not the most heralded, and everybody yeah. was tossing. And that's why that's why we bring up the the praise from Tyron Matthew, who is shouting from the rooftops about how everyone who doubted Mac Jones should be doing stand-up comedy somewhere else Mm -hmm. because they have been incredibly wrong yeah Steve
5: Young would absolutely show up and laugh at every joke even though it's not funny right (laughs)
0: right He, he might he might he might indeed
5: future recruiting
0: boy Trey Lance Wait, Jimmy Garoppolo continues to play well. Well,
5: and don't give up on Trey Lance just because he's. Four, I'm not trying you know.
0: to give up Trey. I didn't think on Trey Lance. There's mm-hmm. a there's a positivity also for young quarterbacks to sit. We know Correct. this for you know we've we, Aaron Rodgers was that guy. Aaron Rodgers exactly. Sat.
5: That's the bit. He sat. Don't worry about the other things in the mirror except for the reflection that is yours. That's all you can do.
0: But Matthew praising Mac Jones, yeah. Some of that. There's a brand new a sports curse, and apparently has something to do with the Manning cast. Uh oh. Apparently, the last six uh, players who have appeared on the Manning Cast, or at least six players who appeared on the Manning Cast, lost all. Lost the following week.
5: So Tom was on there a couple of weeks ago. They've lost a couple of games. Wilson was on last week, maybe. I don't know. I didn't really. It was, won- was week
0: one. It was week one. Yes.
5: Um. Week I mean, one. they have an array of guests. It's not just football players. Right. They have retired ones. They had Phil Rivers on last night.
0: Yep. So Josh Allen. I lost to Jacksonville. Tom Brady lost to New Orleans. Yep. Stafford lost to Arizona. Gronk lost to the Rams. Travis Kelsey, Russell Wilson both took losses in week one. Phil Mickelson was on the show last night, apparently, and says he believes in the Manning cast so much he is not going to play golf this following week. <laughs>
5: Always a brand man, Phil Mickelson. He's brilliant.
0: He's like, I believe that it's a thing. That's why I'm not playing next week. Quote, I didn't know if it would carry over to golf or not. I think it's real.
5: Of course he thinks it's real. He's a golfer. (laughs) They're pretty superstitious. Yeah, I know. Phil is pretty superstitious. We know this.
0: Yeah, I I struggle when I leave the house sometimes without certain things.
5: Yeah. Especially when I go play golf. Different security blankets.
0: Yeah, when I go play golf. Yep, it's okay.
5: It's all good. The world's a scary place.
0: So he's got, he's actually done pretty much anyway he was going to play back on the champions tour which he's been dominating yeah. so much where he's setting well, new records for the majors there
5: and then uh, commercials and and the champs right
0: well he can and that's the that's the that's the positives for mickelson is the it?
5: golden years for a reason right
0: yeah he can he can he can make it a I still
5: can't believe he won the british last year <laughs> or was it the pga it's the pga yeah pga goodness gracious was more cowell that won the british you want Morikawa won two last year, right? Or was that he the year before?
0: Two. Jesus. I think now it was I'm last year. The PGA Tour or Major? Morikawa
5: last year. is Phil Morikawa and uh, poop? Not Justin Duffner or Jason Duffner.
0: PGA was Mickelson.
5: Mickelson. Morikawa had two.
0: Matsuyama. Matsuyama won the Masters. Masters. So Morikawa had, uh, had the U.S. Open, the and, the and the Open.
5: That's right. The Open. good stuff. The open. How quickly we forget.
0: It's, I'm actually
5: it's, better when it's like two or three years in the past and it's right? settled within and you, can you. Dig into the golf a little five bit years farther. Since Spieth, what? Right. <laughs> what was Danny Willett? Hey, you
0: have this thing for Jordan Spieth, right?
5: Well, they tried to market him as a thing, and so he got stuck in there until somebody else supplants it. He got deep, got deep into the wedge. That's the thing about my brain. It's just a sponge of whatever is being put into it. So technically, it's just a product of the environment, just like everything else.
0: There was a uh, everyone's ranking now that we're at the midseason point in terms of all the power teams and where people lie. And then all of a sudden, the last two weeks, we've seen every power team kind of get disrupted to where now a lot of people are anointing the Green Bay Packers as the number one team in the NFL right now.
5: Speaking of a quick news cycle.
0: Green Bay, straight back to the top because of reliability, and they haven't had the bad loss yet. Do you buy it? That the the Packers are the best team in the NFL right now. If they
5: don't have a bad loss yet, then yes. Technically, because when they got shut out a couple weeks ago, when it was Jordan Love, obviously that one doesn't count. And then Week One was the Saints; they got smoked yeah. by. Um. So yeah, technically, by default, they are the best team, but they will lose in the NFC Championship game, just like they do every other year. Like this is the same type of stuff that we see from the Packers. Like you said, the consistency. Well, this is part of the th- this is part of the silver lining of the detriment that Roger speaks about all the time. I don't have anybody to throw to except for my one person. Well, there's your reliability. It happens all the time. That's all you need. But do we have any uh, word on Aaron Jones' status? Well, no.
0: He apparently supposed to be out for a week or two now.
5: Well, hopefully it stays a week or two, and it's not anything that's carrying over because they're more running back by committee over there. But he is certainly the bell cow. Oh yeah, he He is the the Balto at the front of the of the mushers, and so um, that would be a huge disruption for them. But then again, it's Rogers thrives. In offbeat, everything.
0: Chiefs move up on this list real quick if they can beat the Cowboys on Sunday. Yes, like real fast.
5: And if the Cowboys win, oh god, insufferable. There's
0: a word that gets thrown around a lot when it comes to teams that like that. Saturation. You see, kind of vintage. Mm. This, they 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 have that vintage play and you're like is it finally coming to pass where the first glass of wine tastes like the second glass of wine and the third glass of wine and they just they've uncorked the magic. I feel again. fine, no right.
5: hangover in sight, baby.
0: That's kind of the Chiefs and the Patriots who are sneaking up on people who everyone want to discount and push down. And
5: the Bills are vulnerable. I don't care what Nate I, like. Nate says, er, will say that he has a lot more confidence in Buffalo, especially this week when they're certainly the better team of their of their matchup. But psychologically I think they're very vulnerable. And so the Pats for me are not only on an astronomical rise themselves, but with certain wins, just like how we're talking between the, the Chiefs and the Cowboys, that can turn into quite the trampoline.
0: Yeah, they set up simpler. Again, and based on just based on schedule and how things were lined up last year and mm-hmm. how your division looks too mm-hmm. you know, some of these teams just don't have a chance and others, you know, Maybe a puncher's chance, but not necessarily an actual fighter's chance.
5: You never know if if the Jets are able to get one off somebody, or might like Miami always beats the Pats like once every two. There is always a steal, yes, and so you have to mind uh, the math on that stuff too. Otherwise, it's a two dog race.
0: And we'll all start trying to figure out what is up with the Bengals and the Raiders and
5: Bengals. We'll find out this weekend what's up with that because what a what an opportunity they have to right their ship and against an opponent that is spinning. And so it's, it's a trampoline game for them, too.
0: Right, right here in Las Vegas. All right, coming up next, going to dig a little bit deeper into Week 11 as it approaches Yeah, just right around the corner as we get into the thick of the NFL season. Host of Fade the Noise and You Bet tonight, Nate Lundy is up next. How powerful is
2: Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.
6: shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
5: y'all ready to kick
2: it come on to see fantasy.
4: Paul Eihander and Lindsey Brown, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Paul
0: and Lindsey with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Our next guest joins us via the BetQL hotline, Bet smarter, Beat the Books. He is the host of You Bet Tonight, found on cable sports channels everywhere, perhaps streaming as well. Also, you'll find him co-hosting the Fade the Noise podcast. That is our good friend Nate Lundy. Nate, welcome back.
4: Welcome into the continued insanity that is the National Football League.
5: Norm, are you incensed with Teddy Bridgewater and his lack of ability to make one single tackle at the end of a game?
4: Actually, no. uh, I'm not. Uh, (laughs) The vitriol that was taking place on social media on Sunday, both right after it happened and then in the hours after that, I thought was laughable i'd like first of all, uh, most of the people that were uh ripping him to shreds are the kind of people that would find themselves on the couch if they got a splinter while doing yard work, so i don't want to hear about it. Secondly, this is a dude that nearly lost his leg to an injury. I have absolutely no problem if the quarterback, whose job it is is not to tackle somebody, has pulls up. Do I think he could have maybe shouldered him or something? Sure. But I think the people that are angry at the play that he did are a bunch of armchair quarterbacks that don't know what the bleep they're talking about.
0: All right, Nate, that was honest.
4: Uh. <laughs> I love it when he brings that
5: to our well, I show. Think, I mean, I, I
4: think people forget that, I mean, legitimately, folks, he nearly lost his leg after that injury that took place uh, for him in the non contact drill. Uh, in one, training camp, ago.
5: Norm, and then everything derailed for the Vikings as well.
4: Yeah, I just I I just I mean, look, I know that the optics to it are really bad. But but again, I don't have any problem with that, because let's also remember that about five guys could have made that tackle before he even made it to Teddy. So, no, I don't have a problem with Bridgewater. I appreciate the fact that he owned up to it yesterday um, when he was addressing the media. But I don't think he has anything to apologize for. Um, If he had dove and broke his shoulder, everybody would be saying the exact opposite, that he shouldn't have put himself in harm way so right now he's in a situation where he can't win uh, much like the broncos
0: all righty so let's turn our attention to another quarterback making a triumphant return in cam newton so at this point is it buy the prop for comeback player of the year buy on the panthers making the playoffs and buy on just cam newton in general when it comes to fantasy because if you didn't get him at a low price last week it's going to cost you this week
4: yeah, it's definitely going to cost you a lot. If you're in a league where you've got to spend some fab budget to be able to get him uh, on the waiver wire, yeah, you're, you're going to have to spend a lot more than you probably thought you would have. Now, would I take him for comeback player of the year, all those kinds of things? I think there's a lot of guys that are in that mix, not the least of which is Dak Prescott. So um, I, I think that maybe I'm in my role on that particular bet, but from a fantasy perspective, first of all, if you're in a two-quarterback league, yes, absolutely, uh, you need this guy. But um, at the same time, you, you look at the schedule that's upcoming And it's, you know, it's the kind of schedule that I think he can try to take advantage of that starts this week uh, in the matchup against Washington. So is he necessarily a quote-unquote must start? Uh, I think it'll depend a little bit uh, on on the matchups that he's got when he gets, uh, when he goes up against Washington, et cetera. But uh, I know a lot of folks are dealing with quarterback issues right now and some subpar performances. So you could certainly do worse than Cam.
5: Norm, to quote the great Chris Trager, if I keep my body and mind occupied at all times, I will avoid falling into a bottomless pit of despair. That's from the great show of Parks and Recreation. What team or just fantasy, maybe uh, hot point is right on that edge of the bottomless pit of despair? And how do they find their way back? And is there a way back?
4: Well, I, I mean, I think there's a couple of teams that obviously were, were feeling despair for from a fantasy perspective, let alone what they're doing on the field. Uh, and I think right now that all starts with Cleveland. Um, this is a team that has not looked good uh, after starting off the season as strong as they did. I mean, obviously they lost their first game of the season um, to the Chiefs, but then, you know, rattled off three wins in a row and people thought, OK, uh, you know, maybe maybe we're going to finally get some stuff done. But now, you know, a really abysmal performance, I saw, thought- against Pittsburgh, Um, you know, they come back and they look great against the Bengals when nobody expected it, then turn around and absolutely lay an egg uh, against the Patriots. And so I think right now, if you're rostering some of the guys with Cleveland, you're dealing with COVID issues, you're dealing with all kinds of things. And so the Browns right now um, are are dangerously close to circling the, the toilet bowl for me, because this is a team that I thought had a shot to be able to surprise that AFC North. And now they find themselves at 500 in fourth place in the division. Um, and not necessarily a lot of light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Host of You Bet tonight, also co-host of the Fade the Noise podcast, Nate Lundy joining us here this afternoon. Let's look at the Thursday night game, Nate. We're a couple of days ahead of uh, our normal schedule with you. New England Patriots streaking, obviously, Atlanta Falcons, a rough, rough go against Dallas. I'm not expecting a bounce back in this one, but the the number seems low. It's, it's only seven-point dogs for Atlanta in this one.
4: Yeah, I know the number seems low, but I'm really afraid that what we saw last week out of Atlanta has the chance to be able to uh, to show itself again because – we all know what Bill Belichick is capable of doing from a defensive scheme standpoint. Um, and when it comes to what the Falcons have, or at least what um, you know what they've shown over the last few weeks as they've started to, you know, a little bit of a showing out of Kyle Pitts, who obviously started off a little bit slow, um, but now he's looked great. He's their number one receiver. But you also talk about Cordero Patterson, who is just absolutely a Swiss Army knife for the Falcons. And I think that Bill Belichick, because of what he's able to do from a defensive standpoint if he picks one or the other or perhaps both of those guys and is able to scheme a way to keep them in check um the falcons have nothing else um you know calvin ridley not playing um you know we're getting into guys like tajay sharp and russell gage and you know going to the second tight end with hayden hurt i mean we're just the the list goes on and on paul of 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 what Atlanta has, you know, quote-unquote on their roster, but they're not really guys that I expect are going to step up. I think this team right now is all about Cordero Patterson and all about Kyle Pitts. And if even if Bill Belichick is only successful in removing one of those From the game plan. Um, I mean, that's kind of like a three legged bar stool that just lost one of its legs. And I I just feel like if that's the case, the Falcons are in trouble. So I know it seems like a small number, um, but to me, when I look at it, I I don't think the Patriots are going to have a problem covering that even on the road.
5: Yeah, it's not like Atlanta's playing that poorly, but that New England is playing super well. And just to kind of shift to another team that's uniquely familiar with the Thursday night game, at least recently, uh, wash, your, wash the bad taste out of your mouth type of game uh, you're expecting from Lamar Jackson after losing last Thursday. He had a heck of a jersey retirement ceremony at Louisville, so he's feeling himself, and the Bears are coming off their bye week. Do they have any chance, or is it similar to what we think from Atlanta New England?
4: Yeah, I think, I I think we're going to see the same kind of thing. Um, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Baltimore, it, uh, unfortunately has shown some ups and downs. And yet at the same time, we can talk about the fact that they've had the ups and downs, but they right now are in control of the AFC North. Um, that tie, which is just inexplicable to me uh, with the Steelers, because it, w- it wasn't that much of a drop-off to Mason Rudolph, but the Steelers sure made it look like the the Detroit Lions were, you know, uh, you know battling in the NFC North when obviously they're not. So uh, that was inexplicable to me, but the Ravens are in control of that division right now. Um, The Steelers are in trouble, I think, and and I think Baltimore knows that, but I think they also know that if they could give themselves a little bit of a cushion, it's going to help them when they get to weeks 17 and 18, um, if they can get themselves a cushion where maybe they can rest some guys, maybe they have the opportunity to go into uh, the playoffs feeling fresh. I think they know that, and I think they also know that weeks 11 and 12, these next couple of weeks, are going to be really important for them.
0: Nate Lundy joining us here on the Playmakers. Nate, one of the it turned into the sexiest matchup of the week, I think, is the Dallas in Kansas City, where both teams were kind of had a, a weird ride to where they are right now, and all of a sudden they're the the creme de la creme, so to speak, especially after the Chiefs dismantled the Raiders. So, is this going to be an offensive output where you're just going to dump every? every player on all these teams you're going to take overs on every props and just go and just go for it here cuz this is this seems like the one game where the scoring will be arena league like
4: uh, absolutely and in fact uh, Paul you know I, both of those quarterbacks I have in the top three with with number three being Josh Allen um, in the battle against the Colts so you look at Mahomes and Prescott um, you know both of those guys I think uh, have the opportunity to have big days both of them are you know on the offensive side of teams that do still have question marks on defense um, because I do still have questions on defense for the Chiefs uh, even after that performance against the Raiders so uh, I, I do think that you're going to want to unload as much as possible uh, with, your, uh, with your fantasy players in that matchup. There's going to be a lot of guys Um, that can put up um, some video game type numbers. I think Tyreek Hill has the opportunity uh, to do that. And I think that, you know, a guy like uh, Travis Kelsey, um, who we finally saw break out this past week, even I was surprised by that. Um, I did not think he was going to crack 100 yards. In fact, I had him pegged to be under 80. And obviously he finished at a buck 19. So, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey is breaking out. And I really think that as much as um, we can talk about what Mahomes' performance has been, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey is his safety blanket. I know Tyreek Hill is flashy and is the the video game. It's the Madden type of look uh, when he's working his way down the field. But in truth, if Kelsey and Mahomes have a good game, the Chiefs overall have a good game. And I think that was part of this breakout that we just had in week 10. And as we look ahead to week 11, um, you know, Dallas knows they're going to be, you know, after this on a short week because we're going to be looking at Thanksgiving and they're going to be hosting that game. But uh, this is a big one for them. And I think both of these teams have something to prove. And I do think we're going to. Going to see a big time numbers on the scoreboard.
5: There's proving it to people like us and the fans, and then proving it to yourself. Uh, you already kind of mentioned Josh Allen, and it led me to down to one of my questions. I don't think you're going to bite on it, though, in terms of me asking about the vulnerability of the Buffalo Bills because they haven't been consistent for about a month and a half now. They were able to beat the Jets this past weekend. Good for you, but the Colts have the same notes that we all do, and they've been more consistent uh, than the Bills. So maybe I'm uh, grasping at straws here.
4: Well, I I think part of it, Lindsay, that I would say is there's going to be a benefit to this one to the fact um, that the Bills are at home. They have been on the road for two straight weeks and for four out of the last five games. Um, And I agree that they need to show some more consistency. But, you know, I I would say in their matchup against the Colts, I think it's going to be similar to what they dealt with on the road in Nashville against the Titans, um, you know, several weeks back. Um, And that was a close game. And Yes, I know Buffalo lost but that was a close game. That was a three-point contest. I think there is going to be an advantage to the fact that Buffalo is back home. They've had such a stretch of road games, and in fact, their only home – you know, for the for the one game here against the Colts, and then they turn around on Thanksgiving night and they go play at New Orleans. They've really had an unfriendly schedule over the course of about a month and a half. Now, that's going to, you know, that's going to hopefully help them out because they wind up with a home game against the Patriots, the home game against uh, uh, the Panthers, and they've even got the Falcons uh, down the stretch and the Jets to be able to round out their schedule. So they have a very soft schedule once they get towards the end of the season. They just have to somehow survive what has really been a difficult six-week stretch for them. I think they're going to be okay. I think Josh Allen is going to be okay. Um, You know, Stephon Diggs, who continues to be just a stellar wide receiver in this league, um, is going to continue to be his boo. Cole Cole Beasley being a possession type of guy. All of that adds up to a Bills team that I'm not extraordinarily worried about. Do they know that the Patriots are chasing them in the standings? Yes, I think they know that. But I think they also know that if they can get through this next couple of weeks where their schedule finally starts to even out a bit they're going to be in a much better position
5: Tennessee Titans had a really rough start they lose Derrick Henry they've been dealing with injuries all year where's Ryan Tannehill in your rankings right now because I don't think we're giving that guy enough credit
4: I, I think what he's been able to do, given the fact that you lost the best running back in the National Football League, um, I, I think he continues to be what I think for a long time people considered to be um, a taboo phrase, and that's a game manager. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a game manager in the NFL if you've got some talent around you, and he does. But you're right; they've dealt with injuries, they've dealt with losing um, Derrick Henry, um, and, and I think Tannehill has managed to, you know, continue to be okay. They're they're in a good place. Place this week they're at home taking on the Texans, um, and that's kind of like having a bye week uh, if we're being honest. So you know I, he ranks in my top 13 in quarterbacks this week. I think because of that matchup, it's something that they can take advantage of. But you know they're in a dogfight in that division with the Colts. Um, you know being right there in the mix of everything, and I, you know I, I think a lot of it is going to come down to how Ryan Tannehill continues to handle things. And and I think you're right. I don't know that we've given him a lot of credit for what he's been able to do so far to keep this team um, solid despite, you know, the loss of Derrick Henry and to have him with eight wins.
0: Nate Lundy, co-host of the Fade the Noise podcast, also hosting on greater cable sports channels everywhere. You bet tonight. Nate, appreciate all the insight, friend.
4: Absolutely, guys. Enjoy the weekend.
5: Good to Sabah's Norm.
0: Up next, it's nighttime. <laughs>
5: Start going, let's just let this thing fly right off the rails at the end because I'm alone. Again, Lindsey Brown here, Paul has to go coach Little League Baseball for the last time of the season. How the season lasts all the way up till Thanksgiving break, I'll never understand, but you know what? The youth have to have something to look forward to. They have to learn the value of hard work, of teamwork, and uh, which way to run around on the basis because there is nothing worse than finding out that you are the kid that does not know one of those probably need to know things and this segment is basically going to be a need to know thing about tonight's uh, Golden Knights matchup between them and the Carolina Hurricanes their first of two regular season matchups that's what happens when they play opposite coast different division Uh, hopefully we see them in the playoffs that means we have a very good problem that means we've made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final and you know that was definitely this team's intention uh, when they started out this season and guess what it was the same for Carolina this is a team that is running to this straight-up top of their Metro division, the best division in hockey, you know, besides the Pacific, which is technically running better. But Carolina's 11-2-0. We are going to avoid Freddie Anderson, who is basically the the hottest goalie running in the league uh, at the moment. 15 goals saved above average right now. But instead, we are going to face a familiar one in Auntie Ranta, who spent a, a considerable amount of time uh at least on the IR for the Arizona Coyotes and and their goaltending room but a guy who's certainly uh capable of, of stealing his own games of of playing Uh, an excellent crease of managing that crease super well but the Golden Knights have been playing some good hockey themselves they've been managing their power play a lot better that actually has some life there's actual structure to the zones now we're giving up a few goals here and there but that's what happens when you uh you're a team that's giving up the most high danger chances in the league that's right in front of that net right at the top of the crease but here's the thing it's actually not the worst thing ever because Robin Leonard is uniquely qualified to make those stops, probably more so those stops than pucks being shot from further out in the offensive zone. And it's kind of a weird thing to think about as a goalie because you would th- you would assume, well, if you're closer in, you don't want those shots. Those are... Uh, more likely to go in, except when your goalie is massive and knows how to hold his edge and hold his weight down. And we've been talking about it the last couple weeks about Robin Liner's unique ability to stay where he is, even if chaos is is reigning all around him, even when he doesn't have his edges to use for his leverage. His body weight and the way that he manages it allows him to keep a lot of those pucks out that otherwise wouldn't if it was a different goalie in that net. He is uniquely equipped to be dealing with with this particular S-storm. And that's a great pun into the surge with the Carolina Hurricanes. I didn't even try. It's, sometimes that works out that way. But, Gold Knights, a few things. A few thoughts, even. Marcus, do you have our button on command right now? Because Meg, if, she, if she's here, I would love to would love to hear from her. Mm, thoughts? No. Cool. Gap management. Taking thy body, Meg. Meg needs to work on her gap control because timing was off. If we're going to be using that timing, Brady McNabb is not going to be able to decimate your hips uh, as you go on in that zone entry. I would actually avoid that route if I'm the Carolina Hurricanes because Brady McNabb is so good at stopping those uh, zone entries, stepping up, making that hip check, and causing apprehension in players. You you want them to be second guessing: Do I really want to do this right now? And that's what Brady McNabb uniquely brings when you have defenders like we do that are really good at skating that love to jump up in the middle of the play. Alex Petrangelo, we've talked about at length. Alex Martinez loves to do it once in a while himself, but guess what? He's not in the lineup. So therefore you, the rest of the lineup has to play a little bit differently, but they need to be able to make plays on guys, not allow them too much time and space to create, or at least put them in a bad position defensively to defend going forward. It was weird that I used the same word in two different ways, but that's just how it works. Uh, That D zone in general, I feel like we're going to be spending a lot of time uh, in that zone tonight, if you're the Vegas Gold Knights. Because straight up, the Carolina Hurricanes are playing well, and they're more talented. So that coverage in the high defensive zone, When Paul was here earlier before he left us and left me by the wayside. We were talking about how much offense is generated through the defensemen of the Carolina Hurricanes. But it's not so much the scoring of the goals. It's more about setting up the forwards, especially on that power play, the Tony D'Angelo to Sebastian Aho. Uh, Tony D'Angelo being the strong side D on one side, cross ice pass all the way to the weak side wing. Aho usually like where McDavid sets up on his power play. That's a stretch pass in that uh, in that PK. And if the Golden Knights are packed in super tight, close to their own net, they're not going to be able to defend that. They're going to open themselves up and actually create more. Uh, traffic in front of Robin Leonard make it tougher for him to stop those pucks so they need to be active in that high zone now there's a very very fine line because if you're skating around and you're kind of just letting things go you all of a sudden get super discombobulated you're not sure who's supposed to be taking who and you're out of position so I always use the metaphor of being an octopus tentacle when I was uh, coaching penalty kill or just if you're in a defensive zone and you got tired legs and they're just starting to pin you down a little bit, instead of adding more work, you pop out and then you snap back in. Oh, puck goes up to the top. I'm going to pop out, present. Oh, you want to shoot it right in my shin pads? By all means, go ahead. But if you want to shovel it to a different place, well, excellent. I'm not going to just go directly there. I'm going to snap back to the middle, then go. Because I know that unless I'm that one person who's covering those two people up high, and if that's the case, he should have backup to help support that's not my past. That next person is not my person. And so I should be able to regress back to the mean and fight to live another day. Puck protection, very, very important for your Vegas Golden Knights tonight as well. When they do have possession, when they do have those offensive chances, we can't be making lateral moves right by the blue line and opening ourselves up for disruption because the Golden Knights, we all know how important pacing is, how important it is for them to feel like they are able to do what they want in the game. And while it seems kind of weird to say you can work your way into better decisions to do that, that's that puck's deep or at least not making those lateral moves, taking it there yourself or at least flicking it down there and being able to forecheck. That means everybody has to be making the line changes at the right time. That means that support has to be there so you have to be in the right place to be able to uh, bring that pressure down because when you do get that puck down low and you are able to maintain that offensive zone, first of all, you're going to run them and their legs into the ground. But second of all, the Golden Knights – are a really good team at keeping it away, and the Carolina Hurricanes are very good at taking the puck away from their opponents, and so it's kind of like a best-on-best best type of scenario, at least in the offensive zone, uh, for your Golden Knights. And then goalie-wise, I mean, Leonard just got to keep doing what he's doing. You just keep the puck out of the net, and you score more goals than the other team. It's easy. You hit the ball in the hole. Winners cross-court. It's all simple. You just say it, and it happens, and that's what We do. We'll be back tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m., full show. Lindsey Brown, Marcus, Dan, Paul, I guess all thank you. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Sports and other things.
2: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.